couple of weeks ago, I brought my family to Big Bend National Park for their very first time. If you've never been there, it really is like the crown jewel of Texas, right on the southwest border of the Rio Grande and Mexico. It's about six hours to get there. But if you've ever just like, you've never experienced Utah and Colorado, you get that at Big Bend National Park. Wonderful place to hike and uh, do all kinds of stuff in the river. And, and so I, I brought them. It, it was their first time. And, and it was their first time to experience a border control inspection station. And so there was a lot of that element going on. So it was a little bit unnerving. And it was a border town and we had a lot of fun enjoying the culture of that town. We spent an entire weekend uh, and we, we hiked some wonderful trails. And, but our favorite activity was every night we would... Uh, We'd find a dirt road in the middle of nowhere and go stargazing because the, the sky at Big Bend National Park, I mean, you get to see every star in the sky. You get to see the Milky Way. It's just breathtaking. It's beautiful. It's tranquil, serene. And, and so we would get on top of the roof, get on top of the hood, and then and just spend an hour longer just taking it all in and just worshiping the Lord as our creator. It's just, it was fantastic. Well, the second night we did this, um, we wanted to go out further away. So we took the dirt road and, and went out further into the country because we didn't want any kind of lights from the, the small town that we were in of Terralingua. So we went out even further. And while we were about 20 minutes in, sitting again on the, the entire family of five, sitting on the hood and the, the roof of the vehicle, I, I had my, my little dog Chewbacca with me. And while it was very, very quiet, Chewy started to growl, and it sent off a little bit of an alarm throughout the family. And my son, my 13-year-old son, Bryce, whispered what the rest of the children were fearing. And he whispered, I think it's the cartel. <laughs> and everybody freaked out. I mean, the, Stephanie's flying off the, the hood. The kids are falling off the roof of the vehicle. They're getting in. Stephanie's like, get in, get in. Let's go, let's go. Get out of here. They're coming after us. Like, like their worst fear was coming true. And I'm like, like really? You know, like I'm looking at my dog. I'm like, for crying out loud, it's the, the best moment of our family weekend. And like, he ruined it. It's probably like a little jackrabbit in the, in the desert. And like, there was no cartel, but it was like, everyone was ready to go. And so I, I started thinking, you know, if peace, if peace can be taken away in a moment, was it really lasting peace? Was it really the peace that comes from God? Is there a peace that in the middle of chaos, there can be peace? Can that happen? Do you know that in, in our country, there's 40 million American adults who struggle with an anxiety disorder? That's 18% of our population. The American Psychiatric Association did a survey recently of over 1,000 adults, and they asked them, do you have more anxiety than you do a year ago? 39% said yes. 39% said, I have as much anxiety now as I do, as I did a year ago. And only 19% said, I am less anxious than I was a year ago. How many of you would like to be less anxious than you were? How many of you would like to have a little bit more uh, confidence in the Lord that no matter what is going on around you, you can have less concern, less doubt, less fear, that you can trust the Lord? Wouldn't that be something that we would want to experience? 
Well, we're going to discover that in the Word of God today, and we're in Luke chapter 2, if you want to turn there with me. From my family to all of you, we want you to know how much we love you and how grateful we are that you're here to spend this Christmas time with us. We started a brand new series last week called Unwrapping Christmas, discovering the gifts that God decides to, and wants to give you, desires to give you. The first is joy, that there can be joy regardless of our circumstances. And today we're going to discover the second gift that he wants to give us. And that second gift is peace, the peace of God, uh, paz de Cristo the peace of Christ. And that is a gift that the Lord wants you to have during the season because it's during this season where, uh, you know, really there can be a lot of a lacking of peace, right? There can be, a, it, the Christmas season has a way of amplifying our emotions. And if there's any cracks, if there's any ne negative emotions that contribute to mental unhealth, then this is the time where it happens because this is a time where we're around family members, right? That we've been able to avoid the rest of the year where if there's any kind Kind of conflict or tension, then you, you got it. You're almost like forced to deal with it. You're, you're sitting around a table with people that, that man, that you might not, you got to love, but you don't like, right? Or uh, you might have some health issues now, or there, this is a time where, man, someone is no longer in your life, whether they passed away or they moved, or there, there's issues that you're just not as close to people. And there maybe there's some grief there. You feel lonely, emptiness. There, there's just some elements here that the world's just giving you gifts that's just distracting you from the, the central focus, which it should be Jesus and what he wants you to enjoy, which is joy and the peace of God. So let's look at the Christmas story. And starting in verse eight of Luke chapter two, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, fear not. He says, don't be afraid. He says, I bring you good news. Did you know that the word gospel literally means good news? So what is that good news? He says, I bring you good news that will cause you great what? Joy, Joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. If you would like to have more peace in your life, there's three things that you must understand about peace. First, you must understand that Jesus is our peace. It's not just, peace is not just an emotional state. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus. Like before Jesus came to this earth, there was 800 years that separates the Old Testament from the New Testament. 800 years of silence, of darkness, there was a lot of struggle, but Jesus broke that silence with a baby's cry. Like when he cried, that moment of silence was broken. That this is the great light that people had hoped for for many, many years. Know this, that in your life, that when it seems to be the darkest, Jesus wants to shine the brightest. 
That, that peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus. We're not promised to live a life free of crisis or trials or, or, or problems. In fact, Jesus said, in this life, you will have them. But we can have peace with it because we can have the presence of the Lord. We can have the presence of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of what? Prince of Peace. This was the prophetic word that Jesus would be known as the Prince of Peace. I love this verse. Because we have a tendency to focus on the unto us a child is born and then the wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. But there in the middle, it says that government will be on his shoulders. Like he is the authority. He, he is, is, is Lord, right? He is king. He's not just a child. He's going to come. But, but you know what else Jesus wants to be on his shoulders? Your cares, your anxieties, your struggles. The problem is that we try to shoulder it on our own. We go through life and we, we face something. Whatever we are tempted to struggle with, whatever we go through life and it happens, then we put these things on our shoulders and we feel like we have to bear it all by ourselves. And you are not designed to bear it by yourselves. We're supposed to carry each other's burdens as a body of Christ. But we are to, Bible says, we are to cast our cares, cast our anxieties on the Lord for he cares for you. He loves you. And he doesn't want you to go through life being robbed of peace, uh, going to, trying to sleep at night when you can't. You got insomnia because you don't have a relaxed, rest mind. Not, do not trust in the Lord with your, with your problems. And therefore, you've been robbed with peace and and really, again, this is the presence of the Lord. It's, it's Jesus is our peace. You must understand that. And, and some of you, it's not, like, it's not a peace problem. It's a Jesus. You haven't, you've lost sight of Jesus. And, and, and so when you fix your eyes on the Lord and you realize that Jesus, the presence of the Lord is what you would desire more than anything else, then there will be peace. For he says, I am with you. He says, when two or three are gathered together, I am in the midst of them, Right? Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you know what, what my central prayer is when we, have, when we gather to worship and many of our leaders come early to pray and we walk the aisles and pray for you and pray? You know what my prayer is? Like, Lord, may your presence be here. May, may, your, may it be unmistakable my, that, Lord, that we're, we're going to worship you and we're going to serve and there's going to be a teaching. But, Lord, we can't do this without your presence. We can't do it, Lord. We're dependent and we pray for, for God's presence to be here with us. And there's something about it. Wherever we're at, even by ourselves, that we need the presence of the Lord. When we're going through a trial, there's nothing more peaceful than the presence of the Lord. Amen? We need the presence of God. But you know one of the reasons why we don't sense the presence of God with us is because we're not continually spending time with him. When you daily spend time with the Lord and abiding, especially at the beginning of your day, when you're opening up God's word, you're saying, God, may your word speak to me. I want to spend time with you. I'm not trying to hurry past it. I don't have an agenda. This isn't just a checklist item. But Lord, I just want to spend time with you in prayer and worship and thanksgiving. And, and I want to listen to what's on your heart. I want to meditate on your character and nature. When you do that continually, you are going to sense God's presence throughout your day. And so no matter what you face, 
grace, you're not going to struggle. You're, the knee-jerk reaction isn't to lose control. It's not to lose the victory. You're not going to have to, to say things that you regret saying because you have the peace of God. You have the presence of God with you, and that gives you confidence. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. There is a wall of separation. There is a gap when we don't have peace of God. We will never have peace of God unless you have peace with God. So the first thing you've got to understand that Jesus is our peace. The second thing you must understand about peace is that we've got to have peace with God. Peace with God. Whoever trusts the Lord is at peace. And until that happens, you won't have peace. If your conscience is not clean before God, if, you're, if your relationship is not right before the Lord, if you have not confessed sin before God, if you're hiding sin in your heart or hiding sin from others and, and you're not walking in obedience to the Lord, there's not going to be peace. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, if you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're standing on a cliff and you're seeing God, but he feels so distant. And there's a great gap. There's a chasm that's separating you and God. But do you know whose fault that is? It's not God's fault. It's your fault. It's because of your sin. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? Like we've all been like sheep who have gone astray. Our sin is we've got to take responsibility for that. Like that separation is because of our sin. But Jesus, because of what he has done on the cross, he has, he has pursued us. He has sought us while we were lost. And we can be found when Jesus takes the initiative, which he has already done. And he's, he, he came to this world, born as a babe. He lived a sinless life. But then he willfully laid his life down because of his great love for you and for me. And that gap has been bridged because of Jesus. Pontifex is the Latin word for priest. Jesus is our great high priest. Do you know that the, the word pontifex literally means bridge builder? That Jesus has built the bridge that we can walk to him because of what he's done. There's nothing that we can do on our own. There's nothing that we can do on our own to get to the other side. We can't be good enough. We can't do enough works. It's only because of what Christ has done on the cross and our response is to to humbly confess him as Jesus, as Savior and Lord, to confess and repent of our sin, that that relationship can be reconciled, that there can be peace between us and God. Some of you have been coming to Gateway Fellowship, and you may be serving, or you may be giving, and you may be trying to do the very best that you can, but until you surrender, until you say, God, my pride has gotten in the way, my sin has gotten in the way, and I need to be honest, and I need to be humble and confess and surrender to you, there will not be peace with God. And you got to have that peace. Like Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the peace that we desire. This is the only kind of peace that, like, that you're going to be always grasping. You're always going to be restless unless you have peace with God. Make peace with God from that faith. And the peace with God will lead to the peace of God. The peace with God 
will lead to the peace of God. That there is a supernatural peace that God wants to give you. He wants to give you a supernatural. It's a grace gift. Again, you can't earn it, but he wants to give it to you. He wants to give you this peace. But we've got to have a revelation of the Lord. We can't try to numb our pain with anything else on this earth that will be short term, but it's not going to be long lasting. Any kind of peace that we have that can be taken away in a moment is not truly the peace from God. But there is a peace of God that transcends all understanding. In fact, Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, for a long time, I would read this and I would, if there were ever moments where I would have worry or concern I would really struggle, like, am I being disobedient? Am I sinning? But to worry or to be anxious in a moment when you're faced with difficulty is a common human emotion. But what Scripture is applying here, what what it's teaching as a whole, is that not to be given over to anxiety, not to be given over to depression where you're a slave to it, where you're constantly fixing your mind and your, your thoughts on the negativity or the worst possible outcome, which can rob you of any kind of peace that God wants to give you. This peace of God, it comes from the Hebrew word, shalom. It's, it's very similar to the Greek word that we read about in the Bible. It says that there's this, there's this tranquility, this inner calmness and security based upon the Lord, based upon his presence. He desires to give you that. He desires that you would have this supernatural peace. He wants you to enjoy this gift. When Jesus was on earth with his disciples, he did the very best that he could to prepare them for when he was not going to be with them in the flesh. Because there was going to be a a time where Jesus would die on the cross, he would be in the grave, and that they would be alone. Remember, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the helper would come only much later after Jesus ascended. And so he did his best to communicate and to prepare them. And John chapter 14, verse 27, there's the words of Jesus where it would It would do you well to memorize and meditate on this verse. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, not only was Jesus going to face a great hour of suffering, but it would be the greatest hour of trial for his disciples. They would be tempted that they would be quickly next to be persecuted. They wouldn't be with that. They would be without their leader, Jesus. And, and so that time came and they were scattered and they, would, they were meeting in secret. You know what Jesus first, his first words were to his, Jesus, to his disciples when he revealed himself, when his presence was made known? We can discover it in John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, then... The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. So you can see they were terrified. They were afraid. But Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. 
It was so important. I mean, these are the first words that Jesus would speak to his disciples. That even in verse 21, it says, so Jesus said to them again. What did he say? Peace to you. Let's say it together. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. He wanted his disciples, he wanted his followers to have this peace of God. He wants you to have this peace of God, this gift. You don't, you don't just, you're not entitled to it. You can't earn it on your own, but it's a gift that God desires to give you. How many of you want to walk, not just this season, you want to walk today in the peace and the presence of the Lord? Isn't it a wonderful place to be at peace, to be content, to rest in God, to trust in him? And to have this peace that would guard our hearts, to guard our minds. Sometimes we just get so worked up and we say yes to so many things around us and we, we don't have margin to spend with the Lord. And, and, and I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to, during this season to, to allow your pace just to come down a little bit. Slow down. Slow down and spend time with the Lord. Abide with him and spend time with others. Maybe you're, you'll, be, you'll be intentional over the next few weeks. We try to reduce the schedule here at our church, especially with our small group leaders. We don't meet as often. I want you to spend time resting. You've been working hard. Rest deeply. Enjoy the peace of the Lord. Spend time with him. Take a walk outside with your loved ones. Go to a state park and just spend a block of time and don't be in a hurry and just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. 